0: So today we're speaking with John Heyer, who was formerly owner of Kettle Moraine Coatings uh, in Jackson, Wisconsin. And John was, has been involved in the industry for a very, very long time, now enjoying his retirement. But we had a chance we uh, had a chance to talk with him, and I thought uh, the perfect person to talk for this series. John, welcome. Thanks for talking with me.
1: Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having yeah.
0: me. Sure, sure. Well, like I said, how is the, the retirement life treating you these days? Or are you still retired?
1: So much I, going guess, on. I guess officially I'm retired. I managed to get myself involved in a number of volunteer things, a, a few industry things. So um, I find myself as busy as I was when I was working. I have a little bit more independence on when I do things. But, um, you know, and sometimes it shifts more to the evening when volunteer stuff takes takes place as right. opposed to during the day when you're at work. Right. So uh, I like I like the independence. I like being involved. Um, Some would say I'm over involved, but uh, we'll 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 see how that goes over time. (laughs) Exactly. I know you're involved in a lot. Well, let's start from the beginning.
0: And you were just talking. uh, It was the year 1972 and Nixon was president. And my Reds were in the World Series with the Oakland A's and Pete Rose was playing back too many years. And that's when you really got your first foot into the door of codings. Right.
1: Right. I got it. I, I literally, some, 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 some will say, how did you get involved? Well, I, I literally got a job. Um, <laughs> my, my wife and I were married in in mid September of 1972. We had decided to move to the Milwaukee area where, uh, her parents had been living for a while. I, I grew up in the Chicago area. We kind of wanted to get out of the kind of the big mega megapolis. And, um, so we landed in Milwaukee and I didn't have a job when we got married. And, uh, I was lucky enough to uh, to get one relatively quickly. It was at an entity called KMC Coatings, which was a division of a stamping company, and they were they were beginning to try to grow the cust- their custom coating business. They had gotten into plastisoling uh, via the need to put that on some clips and clamps they made and sold. Uh, then they became um, a little bit intrigued with outside work for that. Then they morphed into uh, doing fluidized bed coating. Uh, they outgrew the facility they were originally doing it in, and uh, bought a plant in Jackson, Wisconsin. Uh, and and that, that's where I walked in the door. Uh, mm-hmm. They had be, they had made they had placed orders on some uh, powder coating equipment, and uh, so they were beginning to get into the into that. But at that point, I think there was literally one other powder coating line in Wisconsin and a few obviously spattered around the country but right. it was a it was a process with uh you know everybody thought at the time unlimited promise mm-hmm. and you were beginning to see uh, an industry come you know come into being that you know that hadn't been there literally five years before right right it had, it had made inroads in europe before the us but it was just beginning to in the us and there, there were only a few players in, in the industry at that time, so K- KMC Coatings had committed to buy uh, powder coating equipment from Gama. Mm-hmm. Um, Annie Azam was the was the guy that was leading the leading the charge, and uh, he was in Connecticut, I think. But anyway, we held off putting the putting that equipment in for a year to develop a line that was better adapted than we had. But we uh, we actually made it operational about 1973 and right. elements of that line are still in place right. although the the spray booth and assorted other stuff has changed several times right but i'm sure there wasn't any you know like you said getting the
0: line started running test parts doing all these things you didn't have a lot to uh, to fall back on to talk to other people and get you know, like i said it was very very new in the in the united states about that time in the late 60s it was coming through
1: yeah. okay you know you you kind of had the um the beginnings of pressure from from the environmental movement to clean up air pollution mm-hmm. and, uh, with wet painting and particularly when it's solvent based painting, organic solvent based painting, uh, the, the solvent went right, right, up the stack and was, was a part of air pollution. Right. So, you know, powder coating came coming along at the time it did, it was, uh, it was, a it was a quick answer to everybody's prayers because there was no solvents anymore right now. You know, I think there was a, there was a lot of, uh, assumed promise that, that didn't turn out to be, to work out that way right away. But so, you know, over the years, the industry has, has plateaued. At, and then as some of those issues get solved, it grows again, and then it plateaus, and then, uh, you know, it's so on through the years. Right.
0: But <clears> it, it really, like I said, you went to work for them, uh, eventually becoming owner president. Tell us about that, how you kind of got into that whole uh, of, of being, you know, going from walking in and getting a job to all of a sudden you're now the owner calling shots. <laughs> How did
1: that get- well, I was, I was a chemistry major in college and uh, that kind of gave me, a, you know, a, a scientific background. And when I was originally hired, I was, I was hired to become the coding expert and use that, uh, that scientific background. So I immediately began interfacing with people selling, selling coatings and, and, pre-treatment equipment, pre-treatment chemicals and all, you know, everything that went with it and, um, and learning that way. But again, we, the, the main, uh, part of the company that owned us was, they were metal, they were metal stampers. And, and again, they, they got into coding. So part of what we did in the building was coding the the parent company stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I mean I literally just read about this this morning and you look back in 1973 there was a there was a there was an oil embargo be, related right. to a uh, Israeli Arab war and as a result of that uh, oil 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 related prices went through the roof and the US had a fairly significant recession so you know as that recession evolved the parent company uh, kind of got tired of the custom coding business it was Again, it was in, an in, it was in its infancy. It wasn't inherently overly profitable. It was a struggle to get get business, you know, on and on and on. And so they decided they were going to spin off the custom coding part of the business. And they came to uh, the guy that was the general manager at the time and said, uh, we're going we're gonna to spin this off. If you have inter- any interest in buying it, uh, you know, s- step up and, and, and say so or mm-hmm. forever hold your peace. And, and he said mm-hmm. he was interested. And he came to uh, two, he came to several of us, uh, one of whom was me, and said, "You know, do you have any interest in being part of this buyout?" And uh, I was in a position where I had some money, and so uh, I jumped at it. And you know, I came out of somewhat of a family business background, so it just seemed like the thing to do. So we we bought that part of the business in, um, 19, in November of 1975. There were three of us, so. Uh, the general manager had a little over fifty percent of the ownership. I had about thirty-five percent. A third guy, who was a manufacturer's rep, had the, had the rest of it. And so, of course, he became our sales arm. I, you know, I continued doing what I had started to do. And then, of course, uh, the, the general manager was the president. And that situation um, lasted until 1986. And and I guess the other thing of of note is we. The three of us were kind of spread out in age. Um, mm-hmm. I was the young guy. I was about, I was twenty six. Well, by the time we bought it, I was twenty nine, so I was just about to turn thirty. And um, and the, the the president was in his fifties. The the sales sales rep was in his I think it was in his forties. So we you know we were nicely spread out. So in nineteen eighty six, the president uh, decided he wanted to retire. Um, he wasn't that old, really, but in, in, in relative terms, but right. he, he was ready to get out. So we bought him out. And, of course, you know, given the nature of things, my interest in the company basically went from uh, a mid-minority to majority. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the sales rep became, the you know, the minority partners. So there were two of us left. I became the president. He continued doing what he was doing. Um, that ownership held until the 90s. And uh, ultimately, I bought 100% ownership in 2003, and then maintained that until uh, 2019 when I when I sold when I sold the business. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha. So, yeah, I've been out yeah. officially out for three years. Right, right. That's interesting. Like you said, of uh, you you sort of got into it really in the uh, infancy of uh, of the, the the powder coating in the U.S. Like I, said, I think it was in the late 60s and early 70s. It was really starting to pick up and, and such and and it's kind of uh, it's been that long. That's, that seems like a uh, a lifetime to a lot of people, but <laughs> it is a, a long
1: time. It certainly, was my professional career.
0: Yeah, I know you got actively involved in, in like a lot of the trade associations, and uh, you know with and, and you know the Powder Coating Institute put you, put you in their Hall of Fame. Congratulations first for that. That's and um, but you know it, it talk talk about being involved in the associations. I mean, it was you know I guess you know. Getting to know more about how to do your job how to do how to run your company, but also getting to meet peers who you could so, who were also owners of other companies too yeah I mean, you got kind of be able to
1: there were some uh the c c a chemical coders association was was just getting started um in, in those early years when i arrived and uh some say that the milwaukee chapter was was not the original chapter, but I get the sense. i always thought it was but mm-hmm. You know, so again, some of the 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 old timers in, in finishing saw the value of having a having an association where uh, the primary focus could be education. So I began going to meetings, literally in the you know w- within a year or so of, of starting. Um, it, probably in the middle '70s, there was there was some attempt to form a custom coder group of of uh, of finishers in, in that in that segment of the group where there were a, a number of meetings held kind of between Chicago and and Wisconsin with you know half a dozen of us and in regular meetings but it it never quite got off the ground and you know then as the powder coating industry grew as an industry uh, the powder coating industry got started up and you know that's as much a um, industry group to grow the industry with you know with education going along with it um, and, you know, ultimately I joined that and became, you know, somewhat active. I, I, I was most active in, uh, chemical coders at, at, in our local chapter. I went through the officer, officer roles twice mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm actually still on the board and I'm actually now on the national, the CCAI's national board. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've been very involved in that over the years and, uh, and I've spoken at i've gone to a number of custom coder meetings that that p c i sponsored um, i I've been a member of a peer group for since two thousand eight which which is which has been a tremendous value to me mm-hmm. um, you know i always found over the years that uh that as you got to know people particularly if they were competitors it was it was hard to uh it was easy to to, to, to compete at it with a level of respect and a level of, uh, ethics when, uh, when <laughs> I, I don't want to go so, as far as to say they were your friends, but in some ways they were.
0: Exactly. And,
1: uh, the other thing I discovered was, you know, we all thought we, we had these, uh, secret ways of, we had our own <laughs> secret ways of running our companies that, uh, we never wanted anybody to, to, uh, to find out about it because we, we didn't want to let our secrets out. But, if, but, but as time went on, we realized that, you know these secrets really weren't secrets right <laughs> exactly we did things maybe a little bit differently but you know the the basics were the basics and we and we had to follow them and um, right. you know pricing was everybody had similar costs so right. uh, mm-hmm. you know if you were too high or you were too too low there was probably something wrong right so um, what i you know again what i found was there were just there was just a lot to learn and uh, okay. every time I would talk to somebody, I would learn something and you know, hopefully they would learn something from me. And uh, there was just a huge amount of value to uh, the interaction with, you know, either people in different aspects of the industry or people even that, that were in the same um, the same business I was in.
0: Right. Yeah. and It seems like I, knowing you all these years, I know you. Uh... You know, you're one of the few custom coders that, you know, would go out and speak and talk about their operations and give presentations. And I remember a presentation, I think was on OSHA and those type of things that you've given over the years. And uh, uh, and I know you've kind of helped out some younger people uh, who enter, are entering the industry, you know, as owners or managers. Really, I guess, and that's really, I, I think, key to the industry is really being there and helping those who, yeah, they quasi maybe your competitor, but also. Uh, you know, they're also in the same industry and you're all looking for, uh, you know, to uh, to grow the industry. Really.
1: Right. And, and as long as. Um, there's enough business, most of the time, there's enough business to go around. And, um, you know, as long as that's the case, we can all, we can all be profitable. So, so talk about
0: like I said a couple of years ago, you were honored uh, the Hall of Fame, like I said for the the Powder Coating Institute, which came from from your peers. I mean that had to be a very special honor that was a, uh, to that be was recognized. A very, that
1: was a very special honor, right? I mean to be recognized at that.
0: What was your what was your initial thought when you were told about that?
1: Well, I mean it was a little bit of amazement. I, you know how could how could that happen to me? But then again, part of it is that I was you know I knew I was a survivor for so many years. <laughs> Right. um yeah. but but again it it's just the, it's the, it the recognition of you know me was uh was very flattering and very um very special right right and like I said
0: you do a lot not just with this industry I know you do a lot um I've seen it you know you know, all the boy Scouts, you have been very active involved in most of your life and then uh you know I've seen some things sometimes i was uh uh, you know, with your, uh, with, with job workforces in your community and your local colleges and things like that. So really you've, you've given back a lot in your career. I mean, besides running a business and being there and putting all those hours in of of finding time for that. So it seems like that's very important for you to, to give back where you can.
1: It it has been um, without a doubt. And again, you've, it's amazing how you, uh, you know, you, you gain by giving and, um <laughs> And the number of people that i've you know that I've met through all of these things um you know sometimes it circles back and they they end up having a business value um, mm-hmm. and again you you know you 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 meet a a spectrum of people and you learn from them and right. you know and they become friends. Yeah,
0: that's actually, that, that's the best value of it there. And, yeah. and like I said, I, I know I spent time with you in Europe. That was one of my, I think it was, I'd been on the job for maybe six months. Yeah, you were brand, we new. Europe and <laughs> brand new. Brand new, had no idea. That was a fun and, trip. Uh, it was a fun trip. You know, for me, I, I had not been around business owners that much. And that was very key to me to really understand the coding, finishing and coding industry is, uh, you know, besides being a powder coder, Right. That's what you do. But you are a business owner. Uh, you have to generate profits to ma- maintain that. But that was key of, of really learning from you and the rest of the, you know, almost a dozen or so others. That was a, uh, a very good learning experience for me to go and really hear pain points and what you all thought about, you know, running uh, a company uh, in this industry. So that was really helpful. Yes, definitely.
1: Yeah. It, it, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm friends with a number of the people that went on, I'm still friends with a number of people that went on that trip.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: you know, yeah. some of which were mean? in the same peer group. I was, I was an am in mm-hmm. uh, some that, you know, that, that, were, that were in other groups. So um, right. it, it was a, it was a, you know, foundation of some really good friendships. Right. Well, like I guess that I'll
0: wrap this up. I've been here with a long, long time. I appreciate you taking time out and again, a, a touching base with you and, and uh, appreciate your friendship over the years and your advice and everything that you did for me. And I, uh, again, just want to thank you, and I'm glad we well, can have this time I appreciate to, uh, that. to share and talk. Okay,
1: thank you, John. It was, it was you, a good opportunity, a good good opportunity to connect with you.